So what I just said earlier in the beginning of Mass is, is, is a very big difference between the Catholic view and other non-Catholic Christians and their view of salvation. Uh, the common conception, uh, uh, misconception, if you will, and you've heard me say this before, is that many non-Catholics believe that we Catholics teach that good works save you. No. God's grace saves you, but you need good works to be saved, if that makes sense. Because you must cooperate with God's grace. It's kind of like a starving man who's going to die. All right. Somebody who loves that person can prepare the perfect meal full of nutrition, um, good uh, substance. But if the man doesn't eat the meal, he's going to die. Even though all was given to him to save him. Everything was given in that meal to save that man's life because he's starving if he does not cooperate and actually eat the meal, he will die. God's grace is the most nutritious sustenance to give us an entire mode with which to survive. But if we don't cooperate with that grace, we will die. I found a quote that you're going to be surprised who said this quote because it wasn't Catholic. This quote I'd like to read to you is, is very, I, 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 when I read it this morning, I was like, this is it. This is the quote. There is only one way in which a man's sincerity can be proved, and that is by his practice. Fine words can never be a substitute for fine deeds. There is only one proof of love, and that proof is obedience. There is no point in saying that we love a person and then doing things which break that person's heart. When we were young, maybe we used to sometimes say to our mothers, Mother, I love you. And, Mom, I do. I love you, Mom. And maybe Mother sometimes smiles and says, I wish you would show it a little more in the way you behave. So often we confess God with our lips and deny him with our lives. It is not difficult to recite a creed, but it is difficult to live the Christian life. Faith without practice is a contradiction in terms, and love without obedience is an impossibility. You know who wrote that? one of the greatest Protestants ever, William Barclay. He put together a volume of commentary on the scriptures and all the books of the Bible that Father Seraphim used to love. People used to tease him about using a non-Catholic commentary. He used to say, have you read it? It's full of wisdom. I think that statement of his, even being non-Catholic, is full of wisdom. So Protestant brothers and sisters, I think, can learn from that statement. Now, it's not sufficient to just believe in God. You've heard me say this before. People think, well, I believe in God. I don't have to worry about anything else. No, as I said before, you've heard me say this. The, the demons believe in God. The demons know God exists, but they're certainly not saved. They've lost their salvation because of their acts 
of disobedience. All right, for salvation, we must have works with faith. Remember Romans 3.28 Um, People say faith, uh, you are saved by faith alone. No, Martin Luther added the word alone. You got to go to James. Faith without works is nothing. Um, This is how we shall be judged. We just read a couple days ago, one of the postulants read that um, about God coming to judge our deeds. The good deeds will be rewarded. The bad deeds will be punished. This is what's wrong with the world today. There's no conception anymore of the effect of sin. There's no more belief that there's consequences to sin. And it comes from both sides of the aisle. The atheists, because they don't care to them, there's, there's no consequence to anything because there is no God. But even to Christians who write all the time, God bless them, But saying, how dare you teach that you have anything to do with your salvation? God, Jesus did it all. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. Christ did it all. That's not entirely true. Yes, Christ did the redemption and gave you the grace to be saved. Every person has been redeemed, but not every person will be saved. You must cooperate with that grace. And how we cooperate with that grace is what we do or what we have failed to do, our our acts of mercy, right? Our love. And so the house on the sand, let's talk about that real quick. Um, Obviously, only a house with a firm foundation can withstand a storm. This is what Jesus is saying. All right, foundations, they look good when it is calm. All right, fair weather, pleasant weather doesn't test the foundation, right? The strength of a building. The real test is when the weather turns bad, all right? The same occurs in our spiritual life. This is what message of Christ is here. So when serenity is all around us, yeah, we have peace. We have comfort because there's nothing rocking our foundation. But when a crisis happens, and I think the two biggest ones to me, are an illness or rejection. Those are, to me, the two biggest things that test us. When we have an illness, what do we do? Do we trust God or do we abandon him out of anger? A rejection, that is really hard because the first thing we want to do when we are rejected is to turn around and reject that person back. So when those things happen, we then see the sturdiness of our faith. Do we remain solid? Those men who have true faith, but no works, Jesus says is a fool. They're sure to perish. So, all right, here's the thing. Jesus demanded two things. What is Jesus demanding two things here? All right, first he demanded that we should listen. And if you heard the homily yesterday, who's a listener? A disciple. And the second thing that Jesus demanded, that we should act. And that's what an apostle is, to be sent out to do the work of God. So this all ties to yesterday's homily. Yesterday we said a disciple is a learner, somebody who learns. And then an apostle is when he's ready, he's sent out to be Christ to the people. So this is the same message in Jesus is saying. Let's start with the first one. He demanded that you should listen. We should be disciples. All right. Now. Many have mistaken, this, this is very common, 
uh, of what Jesus teaches and what the church teaches. All right. No honorable man, however, would condemn another or any institution without listening to them first. All right. We would not condemn somebody without hearing their side of the story. And that today is precisely what we are doing in our society. Look at Humana Vitae. How many people, I did a talk about a year ago on contraception. And I, you almost never hear contraception taught from the pulpit. It seems to scare many priests because 98% or some staggering number of the Catholic congregation is using contraception. So many priests are afraid to offend the congregation. Um, you, you can't run from the truth. So I put this video out there on the Catholic teaching of contraception and it got, it's still to this day getting negative comments that how dare the church teach, tell us or demand of us what we do in our bedroom and all kinds of stuff. The point is, and, and, and this is the thing, how many of you have actually listened to the church's teaching on contraception and why it's an intrinsic evil? Every one of those comments, I've asked the people, have you read Humanivite? Not one said yes. Now, I appreciate the honesty. I really admire the honesty there. Because it can be very easy to say, yes, I did, and it's still wrong. <laughs> but not one person said, actually, yes, I did read Humanivite. You don't condemn until you listen. And so are we listening to the church and why she holds the view? that she does on contraception that you can read in Humanae Vitae. All right, the first step of the Christian life is to give Christ a chance to be heard. In our society today, we want to riot and, and accuse and condemn and fire people for holding Christian views without even asking why they hold that view. You know, um, I just saw a thing that was sent to me on the internet. Um, in Michigan, one of our common grocery stores is Kroger. I was shocked at Kroger. I always thought it was a good store. And then I see that they had the CEO, uh, Representative Cotton had him on, a, on a, um, an inquisition or an inquiry because they fired a bunch of people that refused to wear an apron with a great uh, signal, uh, symbol in the middle of, of uh, Gay Pride Month and, and the rainbow. And they, they said, we can't because of our religious views. They were fired immediately. And Senator Cotton said to the, the CEO of Kroger, did you even listen to them? Did you even ask them why they preferred or chose not to wear that apron in the meat department? And he was stumbling and, and rambling. And he said, did you listen to the reason? They didn't. They just called it bigot. They just called it, you're not inclusive. This is the big problem right now. We're not listening to Christ. And the second thing Jesus then demanded, not only to listen to his word, but to act on it. We must act on it. We not just talk. That's what makes us an apostle. When we listen and learn, we're an, a, a disciple. Then when we're sent out, we're an apostle to do the work of God. So knowledge, all this knowledge we have only becomes relevant when it translates into action. All right. Here's the thing. A man could ace an exam on Christian ethics, yet not be a Christian. Right. There is little point in going to the doctor 
unless you're prepared to act on what the doctor tells you. The doctor, I, I haven't been to the doctor in a long time because of COVID, but then I just went back because they wouldn't even see me. But I just went back recently and the doctor looked at me and he says, if you don't get more sleep, you're gonna die a premature death. So they did all these tests on me and said, you gotta get more sleep. So if I don't heed that advice and I don't start forcing myself to try to do this, it's worthless. If I don't act on it, all the knowledge, all the advice, all the good intention in the world, that's the meaning of the Christian teaching of good works. It's not that we save ourselves. God's grace saves us, but we got to cooperate with that grace. If I don't cooperate with the doctor's advice, I'm putting myself in jeopardy. And so we're trying to do this. So many hear the teaching on Sunday, but do nothing to live it. We can sit in that pew. So... To finish, in what way are we hearing and doing together? What, what, in what way? All right. To learn to obey, to, to learn to hear the word of God and to obey is the most important thing we can do. That's why when we in religious life take the vows of poverty, chastity, but what do they say is the most important? obedience now why all right it's it's there was a story guess what this is funny this story comes from Barclay the guy's quote I just read in the beginning of this homily Barclay tells a story of this ship officer out on the deck and all of a sudden he screamed get down and the officers the crew of the ship flung themselves down to the ground at that very moment, a towing wire had snapped and one of the broken parts whipped up over their heads. It would have decapitated them. Now, here's the thing, everybody. The crew automatically obeyed. No one was injured. This is what Barclay tells the story. He said, if anybody would have stopped to argue and give their own opinion and state that you have no authority over me, they'd be a dead man. Now, we're not talking, you know, obedience saves lives, but it's not a blind faith. It's called trust. Trust, the most important part. So anyway, as I said to finish, our character is revealed in the choices we make, especially when we are tested. That's key. Do we lie or cover up or reveal the truth? If it causes us embarrassment or perhaps injury, attending a church makes no one more a Christian than entering a garage makes you a car. We have to live it. We have to live it. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You know where that comes from? James 1.22. And the quote I like, Louis de Leon, he quoted, to be a good Christian is not enough just to pray and fast and even go to mass. God must find you faithful in your deeds like another Job or Abraham in times of tribulation. Thus, we are tested. And that testing is not a bad thing. 
because what do they say? I've heard the expression before. A diamond is created from what a lump of coal put under pressure. And when the pressure is put onto the, to the coal in an extreme amount, it forms a diamond. And a diamond is considered greater than gold. And so we, by the pressure that God allows us of this life, can either be smashed into a million pieces or we can be formed by what God allows us to happen in our life, our trials and our tribulations, by cooperating with his grace, which he will always give to overcome those trials and tribulations, be made into a diamond. That's the whole essence of our faith. Praise be to God that we have a chance now to start following him in our words, deeds, prayers, and actions. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.